may be seated. Good morning. What a Savior. That is why we are able to gather like this. Drew, I thought when you made mention, you know, if you didn't know November's coming up, I thought you were going to make mention of the, the, the clocks, you know, turning back. But then I remembered we don't need that anymore these days. Growing up, you know, you keep an eye on the front door, see who is late getting here. But when you had to turn your clocks back, that is another part of the fall. I was uh, blessed to witness the fall colors this week. And it was such a blessing to, to see God's handiwork. And now with the, the, time, the season, I, I, I enjoy PA with the change of the seasons, and specifically fall with all the beautiful colors. I think it's important that we look for blessings in our life. And I also think it's important that we use the Lord's Day, the Sabbath day, to take time to do that to take a pause and, and look back and what is God doing in my life? So I'm going to give you a moment here. What is a, something that blessed you this week? Go ahead, turn around to somebody behind you, in front of you, beside you, and just share that with them. So go ahead. Sounds like there's been lots of good blessings this week. Two things that I was blessed with. Um, I'm thankful for friends. I reached out to, to two brothers uh, earlier at the beginning of the week. I was uh, feeling maybe a little overwhelmed with some things, and they set me straight. They gave me an, an adult uh, spanking, per se. Um, they didn't... When I shared with them how I was feeling, they didn't help me muddle in or pity with me and muddle in my pity, but they pointed me to truth. So I don't know if you have people like that in your life, but find somebody that you can share with how you're feeling. Maybe it be a spouse, maybe it's a friend, and, and, and uh, ask them to speak truth. So that's one way God blessed me this week. Another thing I already referred to was able to be up north at the cabin, and witness God's handiwork and the beauty of, of the change of the seasons. So those are two blessings from my week. I already said I believe Sunday should be a time for reflection. So how are you reflecting on this Lord's Day? It puts us in a place of worship when we stop and look back at our blessings, what God is doing in our life. Thank you, Nate, for that song. Hallelujah, what a Savior. It's only because of him. This morning I have a question. Do you love Jesus? Why do you love Jesus? How do you know if you love Jesus? Maybe you're saying, 
Well, how do I know? I had to think of the simple verse, uh, children's song, Jesus Loves Me. You know what, we didn't sing a children's song this morning. Let's go ahead and sing that. So children, sing out loud. Everybody can uh, sing along with us. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes. advantage up here this morning watching the children's faces most of them mouthing the words oh that is a beautiful song for them to keep in the depths of their hearts so these questions about love for Jesus love for God maybe is how you could you could phrase it as well where is your love for God if I can ask another question at school uh, sometimes I like to give my, my my faculty uh, number scale to rate, you know, how their day was. You know, just can I get an idea how they're feeling about their day? If I was to add, give you a scale, number one to ten, one being a poor and ten being very high, where would you rate your love for Jesus? Would it be at a ten? Would you have to stop and think about it? Is it even appropriate to put our love for God on a scale? If you think back. Uh, a couple months ago, I had a message on school. And what did I phrase as being one of the most important things in life? There's two parts to it. Loving God and loving others. Turn with me to Matthew 22. That's going to be my text for this morning. Matthew 22. Verse 37, the title of the message this morning is The Greatest Commandment. And I come to you this morning, again, that song spoke to me, hallelujah, what a savior. I am only here because of what Jesus has done for me. You are only here because of what Jesus has done for you. So in that context, I want us to enter into this, this section of verses that Jesus is sharing with the people who are questioning him. And in Matthew chapter 22, uh, we're going to get to verse 37 in a bit. In this chapter, I, I find it humorous. There's some uh, competition between the different uh, sects of leaders. You have the Herodians at the beginning uh, sending them to Jesus and they question him. And that's when Jesus gives a, gives a parable. And actually in verse 15, the Pharisees sent uh, them to him and they wanted to trap him, that they might entangle him in his talk, is how verse 15 says. And he gets through, and the question was, who do we give our money to? Should we give it to Caesar? And, you know, Jesus profoundly responds with, oh, show me the money. Whose image is on it? Well, give it to Caesar then. And they were stumped, and they went away and marveled. Verse 23, the Sadducees come, all right? The Sadducees are going to give it a whirl. And they didn't, it, they didn't work out either. They were asking about when they get to heaven, who are you going to be with, with if a man had multiple wives while here on earth? 
Which wife are they going to be married to in heaven? And again, Jesus stumps them. And then the Pharisees give it a whirl. And that's where we enter into in verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And the Pharisees don't have a response. Love the Lord your God, and secondly, love thy neighbor as thyself. These, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, I pose this morning, as the Pharisees and, and Sadducees, they were all gathered around trying to trap Jesus. And the reason they wanted, they raised this question is, do you know how many laws they had? Anybody want to take a guess at a number? 613 laws is how they guided their spiritual life. And they constantly argued, that's why they had the different groups, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were constantly arguing which is the most important. So they had all these laws, and which they said were founded on the laws that God had given to the Israelites back in the Old Testament. And they come to God, and they, or Jesus, and they say, all right, tell us, which one's the most important? We're arguing about this, so we want to know from you. They were testing him. And he simply, simply responds with this answer, love God and love others. So this morning, I want to unpack this a little bit as we think about loving God and loving others. As I asked you this morning, do you love Jesus? I saw, I saw smiles. I saw a few heads nodding. If you were asked that, you would say, yes. Do you love Jesus? That's a simple. Well, why do you love Jesus? Well, it goes back to the simple children's song, because he loved us. Jesus loves me. How do you know? Then you stop and start thinking about, oh, how do I prove that I love Jesus? How do you determine if you love God? So I'd like to look at two facets of loving God this morning. And first one is this. Love appears when you see your need for him. Jump back to creation. Creation, man was made in his image. In the last uh, message we looked at, we are image bearers of him. Beautiful picture. And we are created for a relationship with him. Then came the fall. And because of the fall, all humans are sinners. And we looked at that in the Sunday school lesson. We are all sinners. Now, another thing. Take a moment. Stop and think back over your life. Think about the things you would change. And the things you did wrong. Or the things, the sin that you did. Stop and think about that a minute. Or maybe some of you, somebody sitting here this morning, oh, I never sinned. I never did anything wrong. No, we talked about it in our Sunday school lesson. Somebody says that, they're pretty much insane. Everybody is a sinner. And when we come with that context to God, 
it places us, it puts us in our place to see who we are. Psalm 103, in, in case you're still thinking about the past, Psalm 103, 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far he removed our transgressions. If you stop back and think about your life and some of the awful things, the choices, the wrong choices that you chose to do, we don't dwell there because when we come to Christ, when we ask him to, to uh, forgive us of our sins and to give us a new life, he says, like that verse in Psalms, he separates that as the east is from the west. And we know we can't separate the east from the west. It's just on and on. There's no end. So he's removed that, those transgressions. That brings us to a place of awe. That brings us to a place of ultimate surrender and love when we sing that song, Hallelujah, what a Savior. If we stop and take a look back at what we've done in our life, and Jesus says it's all forgiven, it's taken care of, if you just ask me. But there has to be a confession. Alex's point this morning of of fellowship comes with confession and revival. Our sins just aren't forgiven. There needs to be a confession of it. There needs to be a a verbal request of Jesus to, to cover that. So as we think about our love for God, as we look back at our life and see what was and what is now, the healing that takes place, it's only because of Him. And so, brothers and sisters, I pose this morning, if you want to love God, you are going to stop and look back to see where God has taken you from and where he's brought you to. Only that, or that, puts us in the place to give us a sense of awe and love. As we think about love for others, how do I show, maybe I think of it from a a spouse perspective, how do I show love to my wife? Well, I might buy her flowers. I might buy her chocolate. You know, I do those things. And that proves I love her, right? Well, you could argue maybe. Yes, it's, it's, it's part of the love. So maybe you have a friend and you, you send him a birthday gift. Oh, that shows I love him. Yes, but why, why did you do that? Those things are outward signs of an inward feeling. And if we're only going through the outward signs because we want to portray an inward feeling, it's not true love. If I just send my wife you're getting my wife uh, a card on her birthday and chocolates and take her out to eat. But every day throughout the rest of the year, I, I tend to ignore her. I don't give her my time. I don't sacrifice for her. It's not true love. Recently, I was doing a, a project in my basement and some friends came over to, to help me remove some things from my basement. And one of those friends was also working at his house. He dropped the work at his house. He sacrificed to come help me. That was love, which leads me to my second point. Love is only evident when there is sacrifice. We can't love without sacrifice. So if we don't sacrifice for our love for, our love for God, it's not true love. Love appears when we see our need of him, and love is tested with sacrifice. Too many times we put stock in what we do. We say, oh, I love God because I come to church. Oh, I love God because I'm a member. I love God because I read my Bible. No, those are signs of an inward feeling or an inward awe of looking at what God has done for us. Isaiah uh, 64.6 says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Those things we do, the right things we do are as filthy rags 
if we're not at a place of awe and surrender to him. So this morning, we need to constantly remind ourselves of what Jesus did for us so our love will grow for him. That's part of going through revivals, looking at our life. Where is our life compared to where he wants it? And as we look at what God has done for us, that will grow our love for him. There's a song, uh, Oh Friend, Do You Love Jesus? How does he respond? Oh, yes, I love Jesus. How do you know you love Jesus? Oh, yes, I know I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. It's because of Jesus' love for us is why we can love him. Take out your song books. Turn to number 46. As we think about our love for Jesus, and as we question our love for God, do you have a love for God? I want us to again be reminded this morning to look back at what he has done for us. Verse 40, uh, number, page, song, verse 46, says, Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. It tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, yields sunshine all the way. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. And I would like us to just take the time this morning to sing through this song. Sing meditatively as we think about the words and what Jesus has done for us. There is a name I love to
Again, we only love him because he first loved us. Love appears when we see our need for him. And love is tested with sacrifice. Remember that rich young ruler who ran up to Jesus and said, uh, what, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, oh, follow my commandments. Okay, I, I, I did all that. And Jesus says, all right, now go and sell all that you have. Was it wrong for the young roller to be rich? No. But he was at the place of decision. Jesus said, so all that you have and come follow me. There was a moment of a test of sacrifice. Was this young man willing to sacrifice everything because of his love for Jesus? And as, we, as, it, as, it, as it says, he turned away sorrowful because he wasn't ready to do that. So I pose this morning, what are you sacrificing for Jesus? If love is only evident through sacrifice, what are we sacrificing to show our love? We don't sacrifice to prove our love, but we sacrifice to show our love. We're not entitled to anything. As Christians, sometimes we think we're entitled to a, a life of ease. When hardships come, we say, God, why? No, but it's part of loving him is the sacrifice. Where your time and energy is spent reveals your love. Where your time and energy is spent reveals your love. It's, you can sit here and say, yes, I love Jesus, but look at your time, look at your energy. And God, uh, Jesus says here, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Everything you got is what he's trying to say. Remind yourself often of what Jesus did for us, what God did for us, and evaluate what your sacrifices are. That will put your love for God in a proper place. When our love for God is in its place, when we have our love for God, we're going to live a life of sacrifice. We're going to sacrifice for Him. And out of that sacrifice is going to come the second part. The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. How many love yourself? Yes. We like to take care of ourselves. We think we're doing something right. That's humans. Jesus says here, so the same way you take care of yourself, the same way you love yourself, love your neighbor also. That means you're going to sacrifice for them. That means you want them to experience God's love. Therefore, you sacrifice and out of that sacrifice, you give them a glimpse of the sacrifice that God has given us. I really don't have much on this point of loving thy neighbor as thyself. It's that simple. If we focus on our love for God and a sacrifice to him, out of that sacrifice will flow a sacrifice to those around us. And if we go uh, find the story of the Good Samaritan, he was evident of that. Somebody he didn't even know, yet he sacrificed to great lengths for him. Also in our Sunday school lesson this morning, we touched on grace and truth. And part of loving our neighbor is finding that balance of knowing when to speak truth and when to show grace. And we need those two to go together. Loving your neighbor as yourself. The simple song, J-O-Y, comes to mind. Jesus first, first, others next, and yourself last. So I pose this morning, let's love God and let's love others. So maybe we could put it this way, love God 
by serving others. And then he says, Jesus says in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So they come to him posing, all right, Jesus, which one is the most important? He gives them, he gives them two, and he says, all right. And he says, all the commandments that you're talking about, the law and the prophets from the Old Testament, you were trying to trick me, but on these two things hangs everything. And he's, these two commandments come from Deuteronomy where it says, love God. Same way, and Leviticus 19 says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And so as I end this morning, I want to pose. If this can be a vital sign in our churches and in our families, there will be success in walking with God. And that is if we embody this, these two commandments of loving God. Loving God and serving others. And if we can embody that well, everything else is going to hang under it. That is why we do the things that we do. That is why we have things around us to walk with us in, in, in the Christian life. Because of our love for God and because of our love for others. So I'm just going to end this morning with saying, where's your love for God? And by you sitting here this morning speaks... It speaks a little, possibly, of your love for God. But your love for God is between you and Him. And as we leave here, I want us to consider, do we stop and remind ourselves of how small we are compared to Him? And what He has done for us. And out of that, a love should develop. And out of that, a desire to sacrifice everything for Him. And not be like the rich young ruler and turn away sorrowful. And out of that will come a love for those around us. Let's embody this well so our children can see it. And I ask you to grapple with it and take it to heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this simple commandment that we can't elaborate on much. It's that clear. Thank you for your love for us and what you've done for us. And I pray that out of that all of what you've done for us, our love for you would deepen and grow. And I pray that each of my brothers and sisters here this morning would remind ourselves often of what you've done for us so that we can be in a place to remember that our life is a sacrifice, to put our life on the altar for you. And out of that, love for God will be evident in things we do where we spend our time and energy. And out of that will come a love for our neighbor. We'll prefer our, our neighbor, our brother, our sister over ourselves. We'll speak truth and grace, even when they don't deserve it. Unconditional love for our neighbor. So I pray that we could embody this well, and we could point our children to the most important thing in life, and that is to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Nate, could we have a song, please? songs of faith and